Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our reading from Matthew 22, verses 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, We know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that is used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered Caesar's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were, there, they were amazed and they left him and went away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day and I ask that As I speak today, not my words, but your words be heard by all who listen. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So in today's day and age, should we pay taxes or not, may seem a little bit more benign. Like, it's the kind of political conversation I'd be relatively comfortable having with with a bigger audience, just because... While we might disagree on taxes, it's not going to get that heated compared to all the other kinds of political conversation we could have. Like, if this came up at the Thanksgiving dinner table, I wouldn't be worried about somebody leaving the table in a huff. But based on the way that Jesus responds to this question and the way that it is phrased, we know that this isn't as innocent a question as it may sound One is that they aren't just asking whether or not taxes should be paid, but whether or not it is lawful. So whether or not it is permissible in their religion, lawful here not meaning like legally lawful, but rather religiously lawful. And Jesus knows that neither answer is going to make everyone at the room satisfied. A no in this situation would be in front of these people called the Herodians, which aren't really heard about before and aren't really heard about afterwards, but just based on that name, we can assume that they are supporters of Herod, the Roman-backed ruler of Judea, and therefore 
probably support people paying taxes to the Romans and would likely be the kind of person that would, you know, report Jesus to the Roman authorities for saying, no, don't pay your taxes. But a yes isn't an easy answer either. This tax isn't like taxes we pay now. It is far, far, it's oppressive. It, it took away people's livelihoods. It made it difficult for them to make ends meet. Part of this is part of why the tax collectors were so disliked back in their day, because tax collectors could, of course, take extra money on top of what the Romans were already charging in order to put it into their own pockets. It was a high burden that they were paying to a government that was outright oppressing them. It was a conquering government, and they had no choice in paying this tax and no real say in their government. But the coin that Jesus asks them to produce also shows a second issue with paying this tax. He asks whose head, or we could also say whose image, is on that coin, and it's Caesar's. And again, to us, that seems relatively normal. Our presidents are on our coins, and that doesn't cause us any problems. But there's an inscription on the denarius that claims godhood for Augustus Caesar and that Tiberius Caesar is his high priest. The coin that has been brought into the temple is an idol, an idol that is blaspheming God. Meaning that using this coin would be somewhat like saying that you agree with it, and this is the coin that is required for that tax. But this image on the coin is also how Jesus finds a rather clever way to escape from the issue of, should we pay the tax or not? Jesus asks, well, whose face is on this coin? And they, of course, say Caesar's. And he says, the line that we all know, and you've probably heard talking about in different situations throughout your life, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God. And that, of course, is a very easy part. But then Jesus subverts the whole thing by saying, render under God what is God's. Well, what does belong to God? Our liturgy constantly talks about how everything in the world belongs to God, including the material that that coin is made of. Uh, throughout prayers that we say most of our times, like during the pastoral prayer, we start with thanks to God for creation. If you pay close attention to our prayer of great thanksgiving, that's the long prayer before communion. It normally starts with a part where we recognize God's act in creating the world. And if you have heard me say it previously or heard offertory liturgies of other places, an commonly used phrase is the earth and all that is in it belongs to God. From this we have freely received, now we freely give. Everything in the world belongs to God. But we can go even deeper than that. The image on the coin is how Caesar has laid claim to that coin. And what is God's image upon? That's not a mistake that Jesus uses the image of the coin to show who it belongs to. Anybody that is a good religious scholar at the time would know that we also are God's image bearers, making us almost coins of God's own making. And the coins of that time and coins throughout history have a special meaning based on what's on them. The denarii, of course, is reminding the people that are being oppressed that Caesar is so powerful, he can make this claim to godhood despite the myriad of different religions and different peoples that he rules over. No one can stop him from claiming that he is God. 
and you are going to use that coin to pay your taxes. It is a reminder of the oppression that you are under and whose rule you are being controlled by. Our coins in our different currencies in our modern age have a lot to say, too. If you look at our American coins, we have the pictures of our presidents, different monuments that we have in the U.S., things like liberty or in God we trust printed on them. Our coins remind us of the freedoms that we have and the people that have led us through the different times, both good and bad, to where we are today. They remind us of the freedoms that we have even in spending those coins as we see fit. What does the image of God upon us mean then? It, of course, means, of course, our reflection out into the world of a little bit of God in each and every one of us, but it also means that we bring something special to the table. I think God's image upon each of us is something unique in every single person, meaning that we get a fuller picture as more of us participate in things together. We are marked by God as valuable, and that claim isn't just on our soul or our spirit, but rather on our entire being our own physical abilities, our own mental abilities, our spiritual side too, of course, everything that encompasses who we are, our hobbies, our little niche interests that we have, everything is something that God is laying claim to and desiring to use. We are currently, if it hasn't been obvious from the letters we have sent out and the special time that we have had at each of our services this month in our stewardship season, Matt mentioned those pledge cards that we will be doing next week, right, Matt? Yeah, next week. And financially, yes, that is something that is important to stewardship, but stewardship doesn't stop with just our financial side. Stewardship goes far beyond that to all of the other gifts God has also blessed us with. That is our physical forms, our imaginations and creativity, our different talents that we each have, and the different skills that we have each built up over either our careers or our times after our careers. And these are gifts that are needed by not only the world, but also our church here. Are you really good with kids? We would love to have you join us in the CYF committee or teaching across the street during our Sunday school hour. If you are one of those people that really enjoys cleaning up, we would love to have you help clean up after our second Sunday brunches or even with the highway cleanup that we do each month. Or there's probably some other cleaning that we have to do somewhere around here that we could deal with. Do you like learning about new places or things? We have our Cuba Bible study and our after-service lessons, and even your presence there is a gift that enriches that time to an astounding degree. Are you really good at music, or do you like to at least try to sing? Joe would love to have you in our choir, and if you are skilled at an instrument, let us know, and we will find a way to fit you into our service somehow. All of the different talents you have, I like to crochet, as some of you may know, and we have our Nifty Knitters Club, and we would love to have you join us there. And one of the projects that I have learned that they do is they put together hats and scarves for kids at the Kimmer? Kimmer. Kimmer, yeah, at Kimmerer for each year. That's a wonderful gift. And also, we can always put the spare hats and stuff into our pantry. Everything that we do can be used by God. 
And that means that we must take seriously the resources that we have been given in all of the different ways and wonder how each of the different things we have can serve God and serve our neighbors and serve everyone across the world. If everything is owned by God, then we certainly should respect all of those things and use them. And I ask that as we go back out into our world, that we would remember to give of that talent, that skill, our time, our imagination and resources to our community. And in that, we give it back to God. We are marked by God as God's coins, and we are far too valuable to be wasted. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week. Music